Fall is the perfect time to get your lawn the best it can be. Folks, call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. Lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. Fall is the perfect time where they will treat your lawn top quality lawn care company for Rhode Island. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. And this is the best time to have it treated. Call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online at lawndoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Well, it is Monday. It is October 4th. The uh, Tom Brady week and hype and game lived up to everything, but it is nice to kind of get back to the normal news a little bit. And uh, anyone that made it to the game last night, your clothes will dry at some, at some point. That was heavy, heavy rain. Well, folks, just as, um, you know, we want to come on the air and deliver some good news, then we have Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci speaking out this morning. And one of the things, looking ahead now, that they start asking Dr. Anthony Fauci about is, and this was on, uh, I believe it was on, C- on uh, well, it's actually yesterday on Face the Nation. But uh, the question there was about getting a little bit of a head, but Christmas time. What about Christmas time? Something to look forward to with families. Let's listen to uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's just too soon to tell. You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those those cases down. And we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in the situation where boosters are appropriate to get people boosted because we know that they can help greatly in diminishing infection and diminishing advanced disease, the kinds of data that are now accumulating in real time. I don't get that in any way. So you have people vaccinated and now they're still saying, let's not focus on Christmas just yet. That doesn't sound very encouraging. Now, folks, close at home on this Monday, uh, we have a problem. We have a problem because of now the the, um, the staffing shortage at our hospitals. Um, wherever you're listening right now, a lot of a lot of uh, surgery, elective surgery, is being canceled. They simply don't have the staff. Huge, huge problem at the nursing homes with shortage of staff. So now the transmission transmission rate is supposedly still pretty high, but the bigger problem, larger problem, I think is the situation with the hospitals. Now, it's going to be a big week. A lot of the healthcare workers, uh, let's see what happens as this month goes along with Governor McKee and really even the next two months. Because I I just don't know if they can, I I don't think that the the system, folks, I don't think it can handle losing all these healthcare workers. I mean, they were stretched thin kind of to begin with. Plus, it's been nonstop 18-month grind so the way that hospitals make money is through elective surgeries, hip replacements, and so forth. When, when, when you have to stop those, that means the hospitals are not making as much money. Now, the ER times, there's a long wait. There's, there's a lot of problems. This is, as I've been saying, this is going to be a very challenging two months or certainly 30 to 60 days for Governor McKee and how he's going to handle it. I know they want to hold firm. I think they're hoping a lot of healthcare workers who are out of work, maybe they say they just need to take a week, think about it, maybe they go on a trip, then they come back and say, all right, I'm ready. That's what they're counting on. Now, meanwhile, in D.C., you have the battle continues over spending. Yesterday, face the nation. Who is the guest? It is AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who talks about progressives. A dynamic where progressives are trying to skin this cat nine different ways, but moderates are not really coming to the table. I will, I, and I, I don't even want to call them moderates because there's a lot of moderates in the party that don't like being associated with uh, with some of this hardline tactics. It's it's a very tiny cadre of, uh, of conservative Democrats. But, um, but, I mean, this is the issue, is that we're saying, okay, we're going down from 6 trillion to 3 trillion, mm-hmm. now it's 1 trillion, and 
we have some of these conservatives that say, well, our line is zero and you're lucky if you get one. And this isn't, I want to ground this conversation because this isn't a tit for tat between personality. This is not about me and Senator Manchin. Mm -hmm. It's about families in the Bronx. This is about people who need to take their bus, take a bus to drop their kid off at school and they're not going to be able to go back to work because they don't have childcare to go back to work. You know, folks, she, it, it is really incredible that she has the type of voice that she does. But she does. That's not, she's not done there just yet. This is also AOC continues talking about health care and people of color. This is Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez yesterday on Face the Nation. Right now, how real is the risk that the Democrats end up with nothing? You know, I know that, you know, I believe that the entire party is committed in delivering for for this country. And I know that our caucus, the House Democratic Caucus, is entirely focused on delivering for this country. But I think the question that we're having right now, and the reason why we uh, are having this discussion right now, is because we don't want to leave communities behind. And all too often, D.C. politics, you know, when we have to make a compromise, the folks that get compromised are lower income, working class families, it's health care, it's relief, it's communities of color. And we want to make sure that we're fighting for all of us, not just some of us. Which is why you're using your leverage right now to hold up the other. You know, folks, again, the, the spending is just, it is unimaginable, the amount of spending that is going on. And and on top of that, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I know, I don't think she, she knows what, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, there are so many different services. They always just like find one person, one person that has to you know drop their child off at school with the bus, um, and it's all so much of this. It only applies maybe to you know her section in the Bronx, but the amount of spending that you're hearing that is going on is is just outrageous. But this, this is, is, as I've been saying, folks, this is a civil war within the, this is a civil war within the Democrat Party. So, now the other news over the, uh, the weekend, and I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't play the sound, but there was a big NASCAR win. And as NBC was live with the NASCAR winner, the crowd starts into their chant of, of uh, blank Joe Biden. And the NBC announcer, instead of just ignoring it, and I can't play it, but instead of just ignoring it or finishing the interview, the NBC announcer says you can hear the crowd chanting, let's go, Brandon, which is, is, absolute, is just absurd. And that type of ad lib. It just adds to people's distrust of the media. That's not what they were chanting. Just don't even acknowledge it. Just try to get through the interview, and and for whatever reason you want to you finish it, or maybe you can't continue the interview because people are chanting blank Joe Biden, and it was very loud, and it's not going away. And folks, his presidency, the Biden presidency, is just, I, I don't think it's coming back. Let's face it, he got in because he really wasn't on the campaign trail, and people just wanted to change. And he was seen as this is the guy that can beat President Trump. And he was seen as the easiest person to de- defeat President Trump. But that's it. That was That's basically the extent of his usefulness. I don't see – there is no – he is fully not up to the job. His administration are falling over themselves. He can't even get his own agenda passed. So I don't. This is not a matter of you know he needs to catch his breath and then he's going to get things in motion. I don't think that's, I don't think that's happening in any way. I think the the Biden presidency, you're just it's going to continue to fall. It'll hit a number that he can't fall anymore because there's some people just be with him no matter what. But this is uh, they're going to struggle. I, I'm not convinced they are going to be able to work anything out. And Pelosi just keeps announcing that things are going to be fine. But the media, if the media wonders about credibility, that was a good example of it. You don't lie. People were listening. People could hear exactly what they were saying. They weren't saying, let's go, Brandon. They were saying, blank Joe Biden. Just ludicrous. All right. It's John DePietro. A lot more ahead on this Monday. It's fall. Very soon. The heating season will be here. Let J. Kale Engineering 
design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system jkl energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think no gas no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency infinity heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent they have the highest rebates in the market they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl carrier factory authorized dealer licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts for 55 years jkl's reputation second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer jkl is also a navian certified factory dealer called jkl for a system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial call jkl engineering today at 401-351-7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401-351-7600 folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com, Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off with, um, <clears throat> so the race for governor, folks, next next November. So we're right in that 13th month window, if not a year away. Next Next year at this time. We will be right in the middle of uh, it's all the statewide offices. Um, just at another time, we'll discuss. I, I agree with I think it should be broken up where you have, you know, one year you have a uh, governor, lieutenant governor. And then in the off year, you have secretary of state, general treasurer, attorney general. I, th- I think it would cause more attention, draw more attention to those races, which I think there should be. But anyhow, uh, a lot of activity on the Democrat side. And all of a sudden. On the Republican side, still no big name announced. Uh, the GOP chairwoman, Susie Yankee, is basically teasing that she has some legitimate, credible name. But I'd like to just bounce, start off with um, someone that I've known for quite some time who's involved with the Almond administration, which is more than 20 years ago. He was the governor. Think of that, 94, 98, finished in 2002. But Dave Darlington, who I think the most attention he got was – he was with the uh, bridge authority when they had the big protests. I think it was the, it was the Mount Hope Bridge when they were trying to put up the uh, that they were going to have tolls on those bridges, and he you know was in the news quite a bit. But I just um, curious to hear your thoughts on Dave Darlington announcing he's going to be running as a Republican. Yeah, that was the Sakana River Bridge, the toll. Sakana River Bridge. Uh, that's the, right. Uh, so I'm I'm very familiar with that, having driving over that multiple times a day. So the. But but I find it interesting. I mean, well, he's he wasn't a name I was looking for in this race. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, which kind of shows you how there are no names anybody's looking for. It's kind of wide open for anybody who thinks they might want to try it at the uh, moment. Who, at the moment, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even so, I mean, we'll see who Susiangi from the GOP ultimately mentions. But there, there just aren't a whole lot of names on the list. You know, I. I even if we sat down and brainstormed them, you, you couldn't come up with a very long list. It's not like there's a Steve Laffey out there or something, you know, somebody who you know, or, or even an Alan Fung at this point. Um, so the, there is an opening for somebody and there's this, there's a sort of a, you run into them. They're very quiet. There, there, there is a group of Republican. They tend to be more or less moderate um, folks in state government. I, I think for example, of, uh, Michael DiBiase, who was uh, who's Republican, but he's he was a director of administration under Raimondo, and now he runs RIPAC. You know, there are a lot of there are a number of people like that, but they they tend to be quiet. And then, like Darlington, because they've been in government for a while, they're going to have hits against them, like Coles or DiBiase, for example, if he ran for government, he, governor. He he worked for Raimondo, so that would be a hit in a Republican primary. And I think that's the very the very first thing I saw of DiBiase. Uh, not to be of uh, Darlington's announcement was uh, 
conservative Republicans on Facebook saying, oh, the toll guy. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think he's, he's going to have a challenge there uh, and he's going to have to make the case. I mean, he left he left government after heart problems. Uh, yes. Famously, he had a heart attack on, on CNC's radio yes. show. Uh, and so, that was 14. I mean, that was seven years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he might say, you know, I'm 100 percent better, but um, he's going to have a case to make there. So he's I think any Republican who enters, enters the race right now uh, is almost cutting it close to the wire to build up the necessary name recognition, because, as I said, to begin with, there aren't a whole lot with the name recognition at this point. Um, and he's actually starting with a little probably a, a negative on that count because of the because of the health issues and the toll issues. So it'll be interesting to see what he what his strategy is. I mean, he's got a spokesman, apparently. So, uh, you know, there's some organization going on here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he frames that and tries to pitch himself to the state. It's possible. But at this point, it's kind of an open question. You know, I, I was asked what I thought about it. And I, I said, well, I, I didn't see him uh, last year. He certainly wasn't visible when you had you know, statewide rep races, but then most importantly, you had the, you know, the, the, the race for president. So I didn't see him at any Trump things. I didn't see him involved. Not that I saw anything to do with the Flanders campaign in 2018 or the, the Fung for governor campaign in, in 2018. I didn't see him in 2016, anything with the Trump thing. So I, I, um, I, I said, I, I'm just, you know, to me, if you just come out of the woodwork and you say like, all right, now I'm going to run never held statewide office before it um i just think it's a it's a huge stretch in and let alone it's certainly someone that has not been involved just the cats i was also asked you know right now as we speak the only known person there is someone apparently running against peter narona for attorney general but you know there's no announced candidate republican for lieutenant governor or for treasurer or for secretary of state and aside from from Dave Darlington, Susie Yankee seems to be pinning her hopes on she, that she's got some big name. But I was asked, you know, why do I think that the Republican Party doesn't have anyone running for those offices? And and I said, because because I think most people don't think they can win. So but what is your thought on why uh, this far out that, that there is no uh, candidate, especially secretary of state in other states where President Trump's been doing rallies? They have tremendous interest in people that, you know, people saw what happened last year. They're uncomfortable with the way Nelly Covia ran the election and all these mail ballot applications, unsolicited mail ballots. And there's tremendous interest of anything in, in that office, really more than any other office, as people understand. Wow. You know, if you don't have a competent, credible election, none of the other stuff matters. But why do you think that the, the party doesn't have a, a slate of candidates? Well, I think they're the not not expecting to win, win is a big part of it but i think also a, a lot of it is the number of people who who've just left um the number of people the the lack of any kind of real infrastructure remaining in a state i mean as yep. we we're just discussing with darlington if there were a line of people on the republican side intending to build their career in politics and become governor you would do something like, and we see this among the Democrats, you would do something like run for lieutenant governor or secretary of state or treasurer or attorney general as a stepping stone to your your larger target. Right. But be, and because we don't have that line of people, uh, anybody who enters goes can go straight to the top. I'm going for governor, U.S. Senate. You know, just there's no there's no series, which is no line to wait in, which is helpful because you build up your equity and your political awareness and your, your brand name uh, by, by doing that. And so that, that's a, a big problem for, for Republicans. And I think one of the reasons we don't have that is because they're so, the Republicans are so out of power that you're, even if you win, okay, so you get a four-year stint in office, where do you go from there? I mean, if you're if you're among the Democrats, you become a lobbyist, you you join a nonprofit, you go on to the federal government. You, there are all kinds of places you can go. Uh, not well, not only as a, a winning uh, office holder, but a, even just as a candidate. If you make right. a decent name for yourself on the left as a candidate for office, you can you can grow that into you know or, or a public job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or something in the media or, you know, there, there's so many or, or 
college professor. I mean, yes. the left runs everything. So yeah. around Good here, point. so you, there's running for office is always a plus for them because it at the very least builds up your name recognition and you can parlay that into a job. Whereas as a Republican, if you run as a Republican for a statewide office, you're, you're much more likely to do the opposite and make sure, ensure that you don't, you can't get a job in some other field because you're known as a Republican or conservative. And that's, that's a big, a big issue, I think, for that conservatives and Republicans have to grapple with now. I also think that there is a, a little bit of a, of a uh, divide between, you know, the Gary Sass, the Chafee Republicans who never have embraced, you know, uh, President Trump. And, and you had some members of the Lincoln Project that Dawson Hodgson, Gary Sass, some others, uh, and, you know, never Trumpers. I think Ken Block even falls into that category. And so even in a, in a small party, you, you still have that divide. I don't think that's been reconciled. I'll say this. President Trump brought a lot of people to the the republican party in the state but they just the, the party to me didn't know how to capitalize on that get them into the system get take their energy get them to run uh for office you know i've, I've said that in the past i didn't see a lot of support i mean the president got two hundred thousand votes um last november which is incredible that's the best that a president has done in the state um, you have to go back to the the 80s for something like that and I still just don't think the party could figure out how to they haven't figured out how to capitalize on that. Folks, quick break. A lot more politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on The John DePietro Show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401-439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist Yankee Tree Service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com We speak with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. Justin, I want to talk about this interesting, uh, and, and both of us, I, I believe I know him, but I, I think both of us know him, but the, the Cranston oral surgeon dentist, uh, Steve Schioli, who basically came right out and announced he's not vaccinated. He's letting his patients know he's not vaccinated, but he has run into a problem with the mandate in the Department of Health that I believe that have now contacted him and told him that he can no longer practice at the moment until he gets vaccinated. Yeah, we had a, this, that compliance order on Anchorizing on Friday night. I think, I think we were the first, which is, we get the, we get the little blue ribbon for that maybe. Uh, but the, yeah, it was, it, that was the, an interesting thing. I mean, I, Dr. Scully's um, re- reaction to all this, I, I, I think is very common. It's almost like a, who do you think you are to the government? You know, he's, he's had, he says he's had COVID, uh, and not, you know, just the I tested positive, but actual symptoms. So almost certainly has at least some level of immunity uh, and doesn't want to be vaccinated. Um, he says it's because he thinks there might be some interaction with, with Lyme disease. Um, but but even without that, there's plenty of reason to not want to get vaccinated if you think you have immunity. And I think a lot of people are saying, how can you tell me I can't work? I'm telling all my clients, everybody knows I'm taking every precaution I can. How can vaccination be the only possible solution? And I think a lot of people are frustrated with that. But the uh, so I, I applaud his move. But I, I think the, the Department of Health, they issued their compliance order purely on the basis of uh, 
Scully's media coverage. Uh, so they ha- it's not as if they went to his office, saw him treating patients, and then issued an, an order. They said, we, right. we saw you in the news. And that suggests to me that they, they want to make an example of him, sort of like uh, Raimondo did with the, the gym that, that fought back. That's right. Uh, and um, the, the, the penalties can be pretty stiff. I looked them up on Friday night. The, because it's a compliance order, he could face $300 or a 90-day prison sentence for every day or every instance of his uh, non-compliance with their order. So that, that can rack up a pretty hefty bill. Um, so I, I think they're, they're, the state's trying to make an example, and I'm, I'm very skeptical of courts on this issue. What did you, um, and I could tell, Justin, that on social media you were trying to get a reaction. What do you make of that the local media will in no way pursue the argument that a lot of people go on, and which is natural immunity, someone that's had it, uh, which makes them less susceptible. Even, you know, even if you want to go to Dr. Fauci, will say that after having COVID, there's a period of time that your natural immunity takes over. But what do you make of the fact that local media won't even explore that? You know, I, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's indoctrination or, <clears throat> or almost like a class thing. Like to, oh, if you're, if you're one of those mega people, if you mention the phrase natural immunity, yeah, I think there's almost an attitude like that. Um, but it, it really it boggles my mind because to not discuss it at all as part of this is just, it's a dereliction of duty in the government, in the media. You at least have to have to wonder and ask about it and rule it out or one ask if there's some compromise that could be, I think they all, at this point, they all just COVID has united the entire establishment as thinking they're on the same team, pushing back against the, the dangerous ignorant people who won't, who won't get vaccinated and won't mask and, and want their kids to be in school with no restrictions. I think there, it's almost like a class thing, but it's, it's, it's really dis- disappointing in a big, big way. I mean, every time, I asked for any kind of evidence. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly digging into numbers right. and they, everywhere I look every time I, I cause I want to know what's, what's real and what's not. And everywhere I look, natural immunity exists. It's stronger than uh, vaccinated immunity. Sure. And, and I mean, I'm still pro vaccination across the board because the numbers still show from what yes. I've seen that vaccination improves your, your yes. e- immunity, even if you have it. So, it, you know, you, you can never, uh, the risks are one thing, but but it, it always you can always get more immunity be, with the vaccine, uh, from what I've seen. But the only response I've gotten was from uh, I forget his uh, Rodrigo. He's I think he's an abortion doctor actually, and he he was at first snarky with me on on social media and finally commented on Anchor Rising, providing a, a group of studies uh, suggest raising doubts about natural immunity, uh, and it, and that that's great. I mean that's the conversation we ought to be having. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and but and be, because we ought to be doing that if we were doing that. One of the studies he cited was showing that natural immunity isn't, isn't very strong, but interesting there is it showed that really it is strong if you actually had COVID. The problem was, if you look at these studies, we ended up telling a lot of people they had COVID when they really didn't. The tests came back so mild, it should, have been, it should have been like a false positive. And that's what people have been arguing all along. And so I wonder if some of it too is that the government and the news media jumped so thoroughly into every case is a, an issue. Every These are all the cases. They did the daily count of cases. And if now you heard that, say, one third of those people shouldn't have counted as even having COVID, um, that's a big liability for them. And they did a lot of damage. So I, if you start digging into the numbers, those are the kinds of things you might discover. And I kind of wonder how many of them are just kind of even subconsciously nervous about doing that. That's an interesting take. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. You know, Justin, you even had the situation where the vice president Harris went on the the view and two of the cast members, they had been tested negative. They had been tested negative. Then suddenly they said, Oh, they tested positive. That obviously was a false test. So you wonder about the number of people. You raise a good point on some of the error in testing. And I, I also, you know, again, the media can lead this discussion um, in many ways and, and obviously, you know, dominate the conversation on it. But I thought what you saw, I think it was on Friday, that was a perfect example. We, it was literally breaking news that Justice Brett Kavanaugh tested positive for COVID. But he had the vaccine. He was fine. He showed no symptoms. 
but it was as if we went back like to the spring of 2020 because to me the story should have been see that's the effectiveness of the vaccine he had the vaccine he did test positive but he's showing no symptoms of it but it was treated as a breaking news because it's the supreme court you would think that he was either you know on a, a ventilator on the hospital um the, the the news should have been that look at look how great this is the vaccine works he got the vaccine and even though he's tested positive he's showing no signs i think locally the media you know they're following the lead of the department of health and also uh the governor that and and there's no discussion on on natural immunity in that way another thing was a week ago they did a a, a focused group event in providence and it was really because the latino community is way way behind and justin i i just find that interesting because I've been listing now since March of 2020, 18 months of Dr. Scott talking about equity and everyone's going to be treated the same. You know, um, I saw a number late last week in New York City, African-Americans 18 to 44, 72 percent, 72 percent are not vaccinated, which means they're they are barred from going into restaurants. So they're trying to argue it's segregation. But I just think when you look at that number, 72 percent African-Americans in New York City are not vaccinated. That is not Trump people. That's not the MAGA crowd. And this business of equity, that is you need a targeted approach to reach that group and and finally admit that everyone is not equal if you have that number of people in that demographic that are still not vaccinated. Yeah, well, clearly there's something something there something and, missing there yes and i i did check the numbers in rhode island there there that's that does not apply here um okay but, uh, but the, the we also uh, have a much larger african-american population yeah so. and, and we're not and and it might be different if you looked at just an urban area but okay. but among among i i so i just looked at the whole state but then oh, new okay. york city is obviously pretty urban um <laughs> New York City, that is. But yeah, I, I think that could be part of it. I mean, it could be in urban areas. They had a major New York City was famously uh, had problems with COVID. So many of them could have had it. So it could be disproportionately that they're they have natural immunity and don't want to get a vaccine or it could just be distrust of the government. I mean, that's that's one of the interesting ways uh, these, these various narratives we've been fed for the last year and a half or more are kind of coming together is, is this equity. I mean, that's that is by the left's definition, that is systemic racism. If the city of New York is saying that a majority of black residents are are forbidden to go in restaurants. I mean, either 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 that has to blow up your systemic racism narrative or the your your COVID strategy. One or the other. You can't have both. Uh, and I, I think that's that's interesting. And uh, there's also a history in the United States of of in minority communities uh, being targeted for the, the famous syphilis study, for example, among blacks, uh, where, so, I, so there, I, there's some I, cultural I history there, but, but yeah, I, I that, think that goes to my point then, then you, you shouldn't treat everyone equally, then you need to yeah. go the, you know, the extra yard to really work within, in that community. Right. And it's, it's really the same discussion we were just having about natural immunity. I mean, there's no nuance in any of this. I mean, if, if they were serious about a public health, addressing a public health issue, especially, you know, during, during a shortage of health, public health work, workers, healthcare workers, you wouldn't rule out natural immunity. If you were serious about persuading people to get a vaccine or whatever, you would find out why each group is opposed and address right. their concerns. You wouldn't just, here's our blanket. You know what? Yep. We're going to, we have a stick. You cannot come into a restaurant if you're not vaccinated. You cannot go to, or you cannot go to school. You cannot do this or that or the other thing. You must get, we're going to get you fired. That's, that's just not the policy you adopt. If you're serious about trying to address uh, a, a problem in a broader community. That's what you yeah. do when you're, you, you have a political I, problem. And I think, that's I think the messaging is, has been a problem because they, they never address the fact that, that you still can get COVID, but it, it would be, you know, mild. You may not, you may be asymptomatic. You wouldn't show it. Um, I think they, they gave out this impression that it'd almost be like a, a you know, a, a sphere around you that you are immune from even getting it. That's not the case. You know, our body, we, are constantly getting different viruses, but you fight it off. I think that that falls into the uh, some of the messaging and lack of uh, yeah. regarding COVID. Folks, another quick break, a lot more. 
politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. Well, Justin, I think we can call it what it is. It is a full-blown civil war right now, and I want to get your thoughts. You have this uh, the progressive, the, the co-op, collaborative, come forward with Matt Brown and company. And they've already now, I think they've lost two members. Uh, Other people are going through a lot of the social media posts of of some of the members. You have Aaron Ruggenberg that he thought he was the most progressive. And and now he's, you know, writing uh, pieces in the Boston Globe condemning this uh, map bound collaborative. But without question to me, I've just never seen anything like this. By the way, it's also playing out in Washington with the progressives fighting with the moderates over the the spending bill, but what are your thoughts on the local, without question, this is a civil war within the party, the moderates and the progressives. Yeah, I, well, I, I had, well, I, I don't, it's, it seems like it's progressives and progressives. I mean, yes, we, yeah, the progressives are definitely making headway against the moderates. And I think we see a lot of, uh, we're seeing more and more concern among moderates uh, on how they're going to push back against this. Uh, so that's why I think the party is pushing back on the, the co-op, uh, the Democrat party, that is. But even among progressives, Pat Crowley, who, who's a longtime NEA activist right. uh, and now in the AFL-CIO, I mean, he's, he's about as progressive as you can get establishment progressive in Rhode Island. And even he's going after the co-op. And it, I think he had a telling comment where he, he's outraged that a, a single group thinks they can define what progressive means. But that's exactly what they're doing by going through all yes. these social media posts and saying, oh, this this person doesn't agree with us on this. So that person can't be a progressive. But I think uh, what seems to be happening underlying it to me is that the you've got that kind of generation and they've been very successful in the last 10 years, especially. So Pat Crowley, Aaron Regenberg, uh, not that they're the same generation. Technically, Kate Coyne McCoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, Don right. Oyer anyway. in Newport. Yeah. Th- so they, they've all had some success, but they've gotten in government. They've pulled it left, but with pressure and so on, but they've seen that you do have to kind of work with people, you know, when you when you get involved. And I, so I right. think what's happening with the co-op, at least my interpretation of it, you've got a whole lot of out-of-state money pushing for progressives. I mean, uh, the great majority of, of, Dan, of Matt Brown's um, money is out-of-state at this yes. point from June. Uh, and the that and the activists, especially the younger ones who've been trained you you demand social justice now. There's no yeah. compromise. You, the farthest left person, the person closest to Lenin, is the one you you should vote for. That force is is impatient, and I think that that to me is how I'm interpreting this this civil war in, among progressives. Obviously, the parties got the moderate concern, but there, it's kind of the the progressives who at least understand you've got to be incremental and not attack people and and undermine progress already made from their perspective whereas you've got you've got a lot of force on the other end of people who don't necessarily care about those relationships whether it's because of ideology or because they just don't live here and i think that's causing the disruption over there it's a fight for that mantle friday was the deadline with governor mckee health department and the vaccine mandate uh rhode island right now we have a a nursing health care staffing shortage do what what you know that that is it they had a big protest on friday they're going to continue their protest um what is your thought do you think governor mckee will end up will they end up caving i i i'm telling justin i'm not convinced that 
that the state is prepared to just go forward without, uh, you know, the, the nursing homes have lost people. Um, I think they, I don't know what their, their plan is, but already I know in the hospitals, a lot of elective surgery is being canceled because they simply don't have the staffing. How do you think this, this thing plays out? Do you think the governor holds firm or do you think as the month goes along, there's a possibility that they cave? Well, you know, I, I'm not sure because at this point, the, the consequences of this mandate were so obvious a month ago when it was first even announced that, and yet there's been no real compromise from the governor at all. So that was surprising to me. And so I, I'm not sure I can, I can predict that he'll compromise or, or back off. On the other well, hand- Well, notice though, they, they did suddenly say they have 75 days to get the vaccine. So they didn't fire them. They didn't fire them on Friday, but right. they can't come into work. So I, I think that's a little bit of an open window, but go ahead. Continue. Yeah, that's a little bit, but I mean, that's so mild. You're not getting True. paid. You can't come to work. I mean, that's, that's not, you know, okay, we just want your plan and you right. can keep working as is. It's so it, that was just, that's what really kind of surprised me was how, how little he, he actually compromised there. But so between but, but, but on the other side of the, the ledger is the, the crisis, you know, of, of healthcare workers. Uh, and we're seeing it now in the governor's polling results. So he, he dropped, according to Dan McGowan, he dropped in the public support for his COVID handling of COVID from 60% to 52, which yeah. Dan, for some reason called slight, but to me, that's going 60, 40 is a healthy lead. Yeah. 52 to 48 is on the, on the verge of, of a tie. Uh, so uh, that, that might start to affect his, his thinking. But uh, the problem is he's got that, that primary that he has to win in order to be governor. Right. So he can't, he can't go by public opinion. He has to go by far left opinion, which is very, I mean, if you look at the social, the folks who are active on the, the left in the Democrat party in Rhode Island, they're, they're out there on social media demanding that we institute uh, California's mandate for children to be vaccinated to go to school. So that that's kind of the puzzle he's got. And, it, but it's just so, so damaging. And I, I can't imagine you, you move this. And I, so I, but I think part of it too is going to be what happens with these healthcare workers. I know you've noted they're, um, they're continuing with their protests. Yeah. They're the next, the next step. So the other day they, they blocked traffic in Providence, which yeah. is kind of, it made me think of that old, that old, uh, public service announcement video of the kid who, whose father asked him where he learned to do drugs. He says, I learned it by watching you. You know, this is the, the right, or at least people who want are advocating for some kind of Liberty are starting to take up a page out of the book of the progressives like okay if this is protest this is what we'll do and so now they're going to go to mckee's house and leave their shoes there and at least make them clean it up so they'll notice that they were there um but I, we'll see what happens with them i think that's a very encouraging development in from my view but i think over time that the tendency on the right is that'll splinter so some will get the vaccine i know some are already are, some healthcare workers are already have plans they're moving out of state somewhere that's a little more sane wow Uh, other others will find others will find some way to transition to another job where they just don't have to get the vaccine and then the question is what's left i mean what's who who will keep advocating to an election because i think that's that's where especially if we start to look at the protests that's where the difference is the progressives they can count on the bureaucracy the news media and all the establishments we mentioned a few minutes ago uh so when they do activism, they're really just giving those people an excuse or a little bit of pressure to move farther left. When when people advocating for liberty try to do the same thing, you've got to actually make the people in government go against their own ideology and against their own interests, which yep. probably means you have to replace them. And that's a long-term project that I, I, I will see if this particular assault is enough to start that long-term project in Rhode Island. Folks, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com, Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Right, enjoy our talk. J. Perry Paving always provides high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal-coating patios, get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving, 
20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 732-1730-401-732-1730. 732-1730-401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. September is Suicide Awareness Month. Joining us right now is Dr. Rob Harrison. And doctor, it is uh, so important to draw attention to September being uh, Suicide Awareness Month, Prevention Month, but especially so many people are intrigued by man therapy. Welcome to the program, Dr. Rob. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you, John. Dr. Rob, uh, touch on a little bit of what the month of September, uh, the, the main point. It's one of those topics, it's maybe uncomfortable for people to talk about, but the awareness of talking about it, looking for signs, uh, intervening, people looking for help, there's certain ways they can just go online. It's um, it's come a long way. Yeah, it has, um, <clears throat> and there's really it has to be kind of multi-pronged. Um, I, I kind of like to think of uh, suicide prevention as like a river, and when you're at the, at the thinking about killing yourself, that's what we call the waterfall. And so we have training to try to train people how to recognize people who may be at the waterfall who may be thinking about suicide and give him some tools about how to ask a question and how to help him persuade someone to let him get help. That training is called QPR. Um, all of our training is really a part of um, um, Healthy Bodies, Healthy Minds initiatives over the last, um, oh gosh, five to 10 years of, of trying to improve the mental health of our uh, Washington County. Um, another big part of that training is what we call upstream, which is a mental health first aid training. Um, and also, uh, we have a federal grant called Zero Suicide, which uh, one of the main parts of that is uh, initiating screening in all of our medical facilities in the county, screening for depression, and then those who screen positive, trying to get them help. Again, that's part of the upstream effort, although sometimes it, it's at a crisis point also, as you can imagine. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it all has to work together, and uh, the more we can do upstream, the better off we are. But sometimes, obviously, there are people who just show up at the waterfall, and we have to be able to try to help them also. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison. And, Rob, I think people, here's the thing. People, it's as simple as going online. Whether people like it or not, there are many men, middle-aged men, that are finding a crisis in the life for different reasons. But they can go online now. And, Dr. Rob, it's mantherapy.org. And I love the fact that it's 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 a 20-point head inspection if you could talk a little bit about just anyone that's listening right now whether you have it's your father or your husband or yourself or your grandfather brother uh, brother-in-law anyone mantherapy.org yeah. Yeah. Man, man therapy is a very important tool in our tool belt because the largest numbers of suicide nationally and also in locally in rhode island and in our county are middle-aged men uh, 44 to 65 or so. Um, and that's also the group that's the most resistant to seeking help on their own. So uh, one of the things that Man Therapy does is this website reduces the stigma. You don't have to go to a physician's office or a psychiatrist's office or anything like that. You just go on the website, and it, it, it's a very, very humorous approach to try to engage men uh, of this age. Uh, it's kind of the manly way a man would get therapy. Um, so they have very humorous uh, posters and, and slogans and um, 
but also a number of uh, very helpful um, personal testimonials on video that you can watch, but it's, and as well as local resources and national resources for men. But it's just a, a really great way to engage men. And we gave out some prescription pads to most of the doctors in Washington County. And the prescription pad says, uh, science tells us you can't uh, fix your mental health by rubbing dirt on it. So I want you to go to this website and take the 20-point head inspection. And when they do that, what it does is it helps them to figure out, am I just stressed a little or am I really uh, seriously depressed or, or anxious that, and I need to get uh, get some help? Um, so it's a, it's a great tool, and uh, we're really excited to be doing it. We uh, target different areas, different occupational uh, groups that tend to have higher suicide rates, uh, as well as veterans, of course. Um, so we're kind of early in the stages, but we're excited about it. There are a lot of billboards around the county uh, that are, very, again, very humorous. Like one says, you can't fix mental health with duct tape. Uh, so um, things that men would connect with, you know. Folks, again, I was speaking with Dr. Rob. And Dr. Rob, especially nowadays with everything that's going on, it's a difficult, challenging time for everyone with COVID, with uncertainty, uh, you know, people uh, out of their normal habits that they're seemingly, I think one of the reasons maybe there's an epidemic is many times, you know, the men are supposed to be the strong, silent type, you know, the cowboy, the Marlboro man, the going way back, the Gary Cooper, but they, they... they, they, it, it's an, an element of people feeling that there's no solution, but there's there's far better solutions and ways to reach out. And I think mantherapy.org is a, is a way to do it. Absolutely. And, and we know that in our county and in our state, there's a, a definite shortage of mental health providers. Uh, for example, the average person who gets seen in an emergency room right now and gets referred to a, a clinician uh, for mental health therapy uh, has to wait anywhere from three to five weeks to get seen. And so Man Therapy gives them a great alternative to go to the website right away and, and really check out what's going on with their, with their mental health and also get some good help from it. So. All is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com. They are helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website, recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401 732 6562. Fall is the perfect time to get your lawn the best it can be. Folks, call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401 392 1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. Lawndoctor.com or call them 401 392 1025. Fall is the perfect time where they will treat your lawn. Top quality lawn care company for Rhode Island. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. And this is the best time to have it treated. Call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online at lawndoctor.com. 